Hi everyone, we're Almost Real, an honest talk between two friends where Josh and Camilla are talking about life. Josh, how are you doing today? Oh, Camilla, I'm doing much better than I was this week. As you can probably hear, I have a little bit of a cold happening. Uh, I was sick all this week. It was stupid. I threw out my back on Monday and I did something to my back. I tweaked it in some way. So it still hurts a little bit, but it's much, much better. The first couple of nights I couldn't like, I couldn't move. I was like, I was so sore. Uh, yeah. And then I caught like a bad, nasty cold and I was all congested and felt awful. And at the same time, I had agreed to be the narrator for local dance school, their version of a Nutcracker ballet. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, the director asked me if I would be willing to be the narrator. And I said, sure. And I'm all like this. I was all congested. I'm up on stage, the lights on. And the last show I could feel, I could feel my nose running was wild. And I was, after the show finished on Saturday, Saturday evening, I was just miserable. I like, I guess the adrenaline had kicked in and I didn't feel that bad. I was like, oh, it's pretty fine. You know, I'm starting to get a little bit of like a sinus headache. I'm starting to get a little bit stuffily and, and my voice is kind of like gravelly whatever but yeah then then after the show i guess the adrenaline wore off and i was like i'm the most miserable person who's ever existed and i'm very much a big baby when i'm sick when i get a man cold i am the stereotype i am i am just the biggest whiniest little like i'm gonna die now this is it for me my nose is a little stuffed up and my throat kind of hurts i don't wanna work so my wife has had to put up with that for a week <laughs> she's a saint um <laughs> truly 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 but i'm on the mend which is great because in two days i fly to russia so <laughs> don't want to be sick for that 13-hour flight to istanbul anyway that's me i was sick all week i hurt my back on monday <laughs> uh, so i'm in my 30s it's just this is just my life now this is just how it is so yeah that's been my week camilla what about you how has your week been how well first of all i'm so sad to hear you're sick Speaking of bad things, last week I almost got diagnosed with cancer. Today, the doctor actually said that this complete nonsense and no, he's not even going to take biopsy because it's absolutely fine. So yeah, I've been living in hell. You must be feeling relieved, relieved. very relieved. Just plagued on your head, yeah, right? Yeah, you kind of start thinking all the time about like, oh my God, what if this are like the last moments I spent with my daughter, with my family? Because also last episode, we talked with you about like, what if we die and stuff like that? And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> serious talking about that? No, it's getting serious. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I was, uh, it was actually hard not to freak out. It was very hard not to freak out, but I actually, I'm very proud of myself. I did not freak out most of the time. But then the moment I came back home, I told my husband about that. <laughs> I literally started crying this moment, and I kind of needed some time to get back to normal because I was very scared about what's going to happen, how to leave this four days before biopsy and then waiting for the results. But today, yeah, I was, uh, so I went to the hospital. I saw this doctor and he said that that's absolutely fine. And the doctor who has sent me, he's not really doing a great job because that stress was unnecessary for me. But I mean, I was happy and relieved that everything's fine. It's an interesting experience to have very weird one does push you to do things that you haven't pushed yourself to do before it's a very nice push so i had an interesting week yeah uh, much worse than my week <laughs> um yeah so sorry that that happened to you it's it's not a fun place to be in let's just talk about love let's talk about love let's let's move away from sadness and talk about love we've got our final set of questions uh, and then guaranteed to fall in love so Let's begin. Set number three, the final set of these questions. Question number 25. All right. We need to make three true we statements each. I could say, and I'm going to use this as one, we are recording a podcast together, right? This is a true statement about us. Okay, so that's one for me. We are both 
uh, on computers. I really, I'm out of things. All right. <laughs> We're both on True. computers. We're both True. recording a podcast. And we both have dark hair. That's fair. <laughs> Those are my three things. You All can't right. copy them like you did that uh, the last time when you copied like two of I my five answers or whatever copy. it was. I did not copy. You, I, you did. <laughs> Right. You you slightly rewarded. It was plagiarism. You'd be kicked out of university for that. Bam, 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 bam. So much more educated than I am. Am I? <laughs> yeah, you have a master's. I do have, yeah. You don't? I thought you do. No, I have a bachelor's in English and theater. <laughs> Half of my degree was putting on plays. That's, that's, that's nice. That's nice. Anyway, let me do the three statements. So yeah, the three statements. We are friends. I think I think we like each other as like people. Third thing. Any improv scenes that we do together are really great. <laughs> okay, sure. So, I mean, because the idea was that we do now, we're kind of not really improvising, although a little bit. We did not script this brilliant podcast before. <laughs> well, I wrote all my I wrote all my answers down. That's why I was so confident with them last all right. question. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. 26 then. Complete this and I wish I had someone with whom I could share some time. Perfect. There you go. I wish I and I will say I wish I could. I will. Oh. <laughs> some tea. Yeah, I need something. You hear me, right? You hear yeah. it's like me, me, me. I sound like a Muppet <laughs> at the best of times. So and this is not it. I sound like a I sound like a knockoff Muppet. I sound like freaking John Herson Mopit. I wish I had someone with whom I could share my fear of death with. <laughs> Number 27. <laughs> We're not going to unpack Ooh, that. I'd love to. I'd love to, though. Because I was thinking of becoming a deaf doula at some point in my life. A deaf doula? Like you can't hear anything? No, no de Death. Death doula. That makes more sense than a deaf doula. It's like your your goal is to. I mean, he wouldn't hear the baby screaming. <laughs> I know. Yeah, this one actually yeah, helps with um, people who have to deal with I don't know some close relatives or friends dying or with their own issues like yeah medical issues that lead that lead to death. It'd be like really emotionally hard to like to send people off like that like that i feel would just weigh very heavily on the heart and the soul shall we move on <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, number 27 if you were going to become a close friend with your partner please share would be important for him or her to know it would be important for me that you know that i I'm really bad at like messaging and like keeping up with friendships. If I don't have like a scheduled thing, um, then I'm I it's like out of sight, out of mind, totally like it's not it's not because I don't care or like I'm being distant or anything. It's just yeah, like I'm just I'm really bad about responding to messages because often I will read a message, respond in my head, and then just leave it. I'm really bad about <laughs> Being a friend, essentially. <laughs> and like making those like, yeah, like setting up time to like meet and stuff. I'm not good mm. at that. So that's important for you to know. I'm not doing this purposefully or maliciously. I'm just not a very good adult. Well, well, first of all, I don't really think you're that bad. You do respond to my messages most of the time. It's true. It's don't, true. They usually true. like, they usually kind of nudge you a little bit like, hey, Josh, <laughs> hey, Jay. Um. What were we talking about? What was the question? If you're going to become ah, a close right. friend with your partner, please share what would be important for him or her to know. I'm very easily to be hurt. It's very easy to hurt me, to hurt my feelings. All right, 28. Here we go. Tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest this time. Saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. Oh my God, it's hard because I feel like I was very honest last time and we've known each other for a while. I I think I'm still going to go with like your tenacity and your drive to achieve. And while I also think that can be a hindrance to you as well, because I think you don't see how much you've progressed and how like all the cool things that you've done, because you're still constantly striving for the next big thing. I do admire very much your your drive, your 
your, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to do this thing. Like, you know, let's do comedy skits online. Okay. Let's do a podcast. All right. Let's do this. Like, it's just, you just have such a, like, I can do anything. Let's do it. And here's how we're going to get there. And the thing is you do achieve the things you put your mind to as well, because you do, you just attack it and you, you get what you want and then you're not satisfied and you keep going to the next thing and the next thing. And I think that is commendable. Although I would, I would cautious you that it's okay sometimes to look back and see all the things that you have achieved and be proud of the things that you have done. So that is my honest answer to you. That's very sweet. That's very sweet. Honest. I don't really know something new, but I could tell you. I repeated the same thing I said before. I just expanded on it. Kind of, yeah, you kind of elaborated on the uh, subject. Uh, I don't know. Okay, it will be. It will maybe sound weird. I don't like that many people. Like it's very hard for me to tell that someone is my true friend. But the thing is, I I do really like you, and I do feel like you are really my friend. Yeah, and I think that's the most honest. I like you all. Because I kind of know you pretty well, and I like, yeah, I like you as you are. I, I think you're really great, nice, and I feel great having you as a friend. So yeah, I think that's the thing I'm going to say. That's very nice. Aww, that's too nice. I don't like it. <laughs> we need to stop complimenting and saying nice <laughs> things about each other. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. Uh <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop being nice. Compliments are hard. Compliments are super hard. No, It's really hard to be I like, know. thank you, and just leave it. Because we want to do this modesty <laughs> thing where it's like, mm, no, because I see all the things that are wrong with me. You can't trick me into liking myself even for a second. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? No, but thank you, Camilla. And with no extra caveats or anything, it's a very nice thing to say. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, I think we've done this before, but we can probably share another experience. So we need to share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. So I remember last time I talked about kicking uh, uh, my crush in the face and making her nosebleed. Yeah. So I'll share a different yeah. one this time. Lovely, lovely story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my other embarrassing moment was I was going on a date. And it was winter in Moscow. I was going to meet someone who I'd met online. That was like a first date sort of thing. And I couldn't find the bar. Absolutely couldn't find the bar. And so I'm like walking up and down. At this point, I didn't have a smartphone. I had this like little flip phone that the school gave me when I came to work for them. I didn't have a smartphone, so I had no maps or anything. So I had my iPad out my old ipad from like 2007 or 2008 and i had maps up on it and i'm trying to find this i'm holding my ipad and i'm i'm calling the girl i'm meeting and being like i can't find this place i can't find it and i try to like turn around and like kind of cross the street and i didn't notice because i wasn't looking there were these chains little like low-hanging chains and i tripped on it and i absolutely fell completely on my face like right behind a car that was like just started up and like exhaust all over me as well and then drove away but it's moscow in winter and the the snow looks beautiful for all of 10 seconds before it turns to gray and black and mud so i was covered in mud i was absolutely covered um and a bunch of people were walking down the street and they saw me trip and fall and they were like oh are you okay are you okay and i got up and i kind of brushed myself i went yeah i'm fine Everything's good. But yeah, I'm absolutely covered in mud. I'm like 45 minutes late for this date. I <laughs> I show up and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. Thank you for waiting, first of all. Huge, 45 minutes. I'm just going to get cleaned up. She's like, yeah, go get cleaned up. What happened? It's like, I fell. Another fun part of that is during during the day we were talking, it was a good date other than I was late and covered in mud. Arm felt stiff. I was like, oh, I probably like fell on my arm and it feels a little stiff. So I had to like, I was like, I'll keep stretching it out. I'll keep stretching it out just to kind of like make sure it doesn't stiffen up too much or whatever. Just like keep moving. So like under the table, I keep moving my arm for this date. And then as we're getting up to leave, I, I'm like, oh, I can't move my arm. It hurts so, so, so much. 
like i can't i can't absolutely cannot move my arm at all like i have to like hold it like this and it's winter in moscow it's quite cold and i was trying to put on my jacket and i can't and she's like do you want me to help you and i was like no no it's fine it's not that cold out and i just kind of wore it over my shoulders and i'm like i think i broke my arm and i had spoiler alert i had broken my arm so i got home we said we said you know good night or whatever let's do this again sometime and i got home and i'm and then the pain the pain just just came and it hurts so so much and i was like ah this hurts so much and it's late now and i'm like okay i can wait i can wait i'll call like a colleague of mine to help me out in the morning because i don't know i'm relatively new to moscow i don't speak the language i don't know where to go if i have a broken arm so i'm waiting i'm waiting and i'm like i'll try to sleep it off i can't fall asleep it hurts so much i'm in so much pain so like 2 a.m i call my colleague and i'm like hey i think i broke my arm can you take me to like the hospital to get it checked out she goes okay one second she calls another colleague who calls me back and says hey are you you're you think you broke your arm yes do you think you can wait until tomorrow and i I don't so she drove over like 3 a.m took me to like the clinic i got my arm x-rayed i had a small fracture like tiny like the babiest little thing like just the tiniest little baby break but they put me in a cast and then (laughs) she drove me home it's like four in the morning at this point and i was like i'll see you at work tomorrow (laughs) so that's an embarrassing moment and it was an embarrassing moment from the time that i fell up until basically the next day anyway an embarrassing moment from your life yeah well I mean, the problem is that I don't really have that many embarrassing moments. So anytime, okay. calm down. So I feel, <laughs> I feel true embarrassment when anytime I try to joke or like I don't know gain the audience or like make the audience engage with me. Anytime I kind of try to do that and it doesn't feel like I did it, I feel embarrassed. And that's why actually I was trying to do this clowning workshop because. That's specifically the thing that I'm most scared of doing, trying to be on purposefully funny and still engaging with the audience, like literally looking people in the eyes. Because I like my trick was always to look through. So like kind of look at somebody, but like between so people would think that I'm looking at someone while I'm not really looking at someone. So anyway, my real embarrassing moment, I think, was when I uh, so when I was younger, I loved to wear heels. I don't do that anymore. Almost never. So, (laughs) and I had this like boots, like winter boots on really high heels, like platform. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I'm always late. I was always late. Now I'm better, but I was always late everywhere. So (laughs) I don't remember where at that point I was running, but I actually ran down the escalator on Moscow Tube. And they usually are very long escalators. And I slipped on one of my food. I fell on my hip. I mm-hmm. <laughs> I slid, slid. slid <laughs> I kind of used stairs. the escalator as a slide. I slid on an escalator, then sp- stood back up and ran the rest of the escalator. Like nothing happened. Although first it hurt a lot and it was absolutely humiliating. Uh, all right. Number 30, getting close. When did you last cry in front of another person by yourself? Well, in front of, like, I mean, my husband counts. I do cry from time to time in Mm -hmm. front of him because I had to go through a lot recently. I do sometimes cry by myself as well because I've realized that it's a very easy way for me to go through my emotions and let them out uh, rather than not letting myself cry and building it up in my own head. So it's way easier for me to actually let it out, cry it out, and I feel usually better. And the moment I realized that this actually helps, I I even stopped trying to block this. So I just try to find a way that would be the most comfortable for me to do it. I basically do that. There you go. That's that's super nice. I'm less like that. (laughs) So last person I cried in front of was was my wife uh, probably a few weeks ago because I was just... I was just feeling overwhelmed with life and everything. And I sometimes get into these little like depressive spirals where, you know, every like month or two or three, it depends. It really depends. 
depends on seasons. There's so many things. How much I'm working, if I'm feeling stressed or anxious about things. So yeah, I was going through a little bit of a depressive episode and uh, was just feeling the way of the world. And I yeah, cried a little bit. When I cry, mostly I cry by myself. Uh, when I am watching like a TV show or a film or something. Uh, and it's often when it's people working together that gets me or someone achieving a goal. My favorite example of this is when I was watching Mr. Popper's Penguins, which is a Jim Carrey film about him having a bunch of penguins. And in the film, there's a penguin who is watching like National Geographic or something and there's like eagles and other birds flying and he's just like putting out his little flappy fins and you know he just really wants to fly he just really really wants to fly we cut to the end of the film there's a big chase scene the villain's trying to catch these penguins they're running through a zoo or an aquarium or some other place and he gets this penguin gets like a kite stuck to his back and he ends up on the roof somehow and they're like jump just jump 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 and the penguin jumps and he's got this kite on and he flies and just the like happiness on this CGI penguin's face. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, achieving what do you want? I'm getting a little bit emotional right now. Just talking about it. This was, this was also like years and years and years ago. I think I saw Mr. Popper's penguins in theaters. I hope I'm getting the name right as well. But yeah, any, any time there's something like that, I just like, I can't do it. It's just too much. But yeah, people like working together or being like positive to each other and things like that. I'm just like, no, they love each other. They get along. This is so good. Big, big softy. Yeah, same. Actually, same. I cry uh, when I see this kind of things. And I also cry when there's something sad. I remember there was a movie. I think it was Manchester by the Sea. And I don't even remember in details the movie. But I remember that I started crying like almost on minute three of mm -hmm. it and i just ended when the movie ended because it was so sad i was mm -hmm. so sad about everything and it's hard for me i actually sometimes avoid things like this um this one i feel like we could probably skip if we want to but i'll leave it up to you question 31 tell your partner something that you like about them already so something that i like about you already you know, uh, you are, I'm just trying to think of things I haven't already said. I like your jacket that you're wearing. Yeah, I just, like, oh, come you on, sure? you're stealing my thoughts. I literally wanted to say I like your duck. This is just you taking my thoughts. Well, out of my make sure you pronounce that <laughs> word fully. Duck, not anything else that starts with a D and ends with a CK. <laughs> no, duck, duck, quack, quack. Oh my God. Let's, uh, yeah, we complimented each other's appearance. Great. So. Number 32, this is a great question. I have so many thoughts about this. What, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? I actually thought about it as well, and I had some subjects in my head, but I forgot them. Well, actually, my general attitude is that you can joke about anything. However, however, there are like some basic value level. You can't... So basically, my point is that when you joke, and your joke is made out of laughing at someone i don't find i think these are quite unacceptable jokes like don't laugh at someone don't mock anybody that's not a joke this is just you trying to bully someone basically so if it's a joke if it's a real joke and for example you are showing yourself as a vulnerable and you can like joke about yourself or about your life that's fine as long as you're not kind of making other person so yeah i think like the golden rule for no jokes is that if your joke makes another person miserable or uncomfortable that's not a joke don't joke interesting Boom. interesting um because i have a very similar i have a very similar sort of philosophy when it comes to joking which is also believe you can joke about anything right my my position is, though, it needs to come from a place of love, right? A lot of the time when we hear hurtful or hateful jokes, they are coming, like you said, they're they're punching down, right? They're mocking or making fun of a marginalized group or a group of people, person. Uh, and those, those jokes aren't made out of love, right? They're made out of mockery. Um, 
And that's why I think where we get a lot of this like sour taste in our mouth when it comes to certain things and certain topics, because I've heard, you know, I've heard great jokes about racism and women and, you know, other topics that a lot of people think are things you can't speak about. Oh, people these days too PC. I don't, I don't think that's true. I think comedians these days too lazy. I'm a big, big proponent of, you know, uh, no one, you can't say anything more on stage. Like no, you can. And there are people who do, and they're just, they're good and they take the time and they care about the things that they're talking about. And most of the time they're punching up or all the time they're punching up, right? They're using comedy to shed a light on something, not just mocking a marginalized group uh, for easy laughs. So that's, that's my thoughts on, on comedy is you want to punch up, not punch down, and it should come from a place of love. Kind of my two golden rules for, for comedy. But I think coming from a place of love even even might supersede. Because you're not going to punch down if, you, if you're coming from a place of love. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, so v- very, very similar, yeah. Yeah, also, I like black humor. And a lot of people think that that's unacceptable. I don't think it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and... But whenever... Actually, I rarely heard black humor... Maybe I just heard really nice comedians, but yeah, <laughs> I heard really nice jokes and they never led into a mockery. They were always yeah. pretty nice. It's why uh, like roasts are still like entertaining to watch, right? A lot of things people say in like roast battles or roasts are very shocking and often very like seem very mean. But again, they're all coming from a place of love. So you see the person getting roasted is laughing and having a great time. And, you know, there's not, there isn't this sense. That being said, when it isn't, though, you can see it, right? When someone is just out there, like, just really not, not being good, (laughs) you feel it, you see it. Uh, There is a profound change. So, yeah, that's a good, I think that's a way to gauge it as well. I'm a place of love. Anyway, speaking of love, number 33 this might be a little a little upsetting for both of us because we both have issues with this. If you were to die this evening, you're right. If you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone? And why haven't you told them yet? I actually am very proud to say that at some point in my life, I've realized that I have to say I love you to all people I love and I do that quite often so I wouldn't regret anything I said everything I really wanted to say well what I wanted to say was good feelings that I have towards other people and uh, yeah I did say it so I'm very pleased (laughs) to say that I don't have anything to regret what the hell is with me and prepositions today I don't know sorry Um, if I was to die this evening, what would I most regret not having told someone? I feel like I, my first instinct, so I'll follow my first instinct here, was my father. And I feel like lately, not lately, but I think just over the course of getting older and stuff, we've kind of sort of drifted more apart. I think we just we just don't have as many shared interests or commonalities between the two of us. Um, and, you know, I lived abroad for eight plus years and it just, I don't know, it's been harder to find that dynamic with my father. So I think I would most regret not like opening up those lines of communication better with him. The question, the great question, why haven't you, why haven't I told them yet? I don't know. I just feel like, it's an awkward conversation to have to be like, Hey, I don't think we're communicating on the same level that we used to. It doesn't feel like we have a lot of common interests. I, you know, you're, you're often, I feel like your approach to like engage me in conversation or engage with my life is not in a way that I super appreciate. (laughs) It'd be tough. It's a tough conversation and I'm just not, I'm not ready to have that conversation yet. And I don't know when I will be ready for it. And maybe it's just a coward's a coward's way out. Uh, but yeah, I just, I would like to maybe, I would regret not have having had like an open conversation with my father uh, and 
connecting uh, because I feel much more connected to like my sister and my mother than I do to my father. Yeah. All right. Fun stuff. Talking about death. Uh, in a similar vein, your house, Camilla, your house containing everything you own. Your house has everything you own in it. It catches on fire. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be and why? I did invest into... <laughs> I invested into a piece of art from a... It's a sculpture made by one of mm -hmm. the modern artists. It's a small sculpture. It costs a bunch. I was hoping it would grow in value when Alice would need to go to the university so that we could probably use it a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think this thing. Or documents. Or pa or papers. Yeah, passports, stuff like that. Oh, that's a great answer. Uh, I'm going to say, and I'll show you what it is. So this is, this is Lammy. This is my little lamb chop that I, my mom was given while she was pregnant with me. And I've had my whole life. And I am just, yeah, incredibly sentimental about this. I still have it out displayed. Probably needs to be washed. But yeah, this is Lammy. What's my, yeah, my stuffed toy for, for years and years and years. Well, we've got two questions left. All right. So question 35, the penultimate question. Uh, of all the people in your family, whose death would you find the most disturbing and why? I know, bleak, dark. I can go first if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. I'm going to say my wife. And here is why. I think the hardest part for me, if my wife were to die, would be the, the loss of our future together. It would be the losing out on all the adventures and the laughs and the good times and the bad times and everything in between and just losing that. Um, I think that would hit me the hardest. Um, with my with my parents, I could like it's it's almost understandable, right? They're my parents. They're eventually going to die. I think it would be really hard. Um but it's it's just a reality that I have sort of come to terms with. It's something that you know I'm I am aware of in the horizon. But for for my wife, it just I don't know. She feels like she's immortal, and I think that having that realization would that she's not is would destroy me. <laughs> uh, when you started talking about this, I've realized that the most disturbing for me would be my daughter. Like if something happened to her. Because, yeah, now I, because I have, so one of my grandmas, who is sadly already, who has already passed away, she had to witness the death of her, the death of her son. So my dad mm -hmm. had a brother and he died and he died before. So she had to witness the death of her husband and then of her son. And now... I'm thinking about all this and I have been thinking about this before. It must have been so tough. I don't I don't really know how how she managed to go on. It's it's not it's not I mean they did have a deal with my dad that she leaves the life that her husband, my dad's father, did not leave and he mm he's living he's kind of they of course are living their own life but they are also kind of living the part of the life that the dad didn't leave through and my dad my, my dad her her son is living the life of the other son like not mm -hmm. his life literal mm -hmm. but like he, he's taking this taking the um, place of, this path yeah. yeah yeah they had this kind of deal with my dad which i i thought was a very nice thing of my dad to help his mom go through it all but it's it's not easy it was not even easy for me because i remember the death of my uh, uncle because he visited us a lot and it was a very sudden death no one really expected mm. it yeah and we were in the countryside and everyone was like well what's what's happening and everyone was rushing going somewhere and then everyone told me like what's happening i don't even remember how they told me but i eventually figured it out but no much harder like much harder deaths were later when i was already at university i had quite a lot of people dying one after the other it's not easy not easy no. like significant people for me 
It's just, uh, I remember after one uh, death, my dad actually, he, he looked at me, he was like, how are you holding up? Like, is everything okay? Yeah. I was like, well, no, no, not really, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. No, it never, and it doesn't get easier. Um, no. Yeah, it's hard. Death is tough. Death is scary. Yeah. I don't like it. That's why we should get rid of it. <laughs> <clears throat> Definitely. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I wonder so. why no one had this idea before. Yeah, go on. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're working on it. They're working on it. All right. Last question. Final question. Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also, ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. Share a personal problem, ask for advice, and then after you get the advice, the person who gave the advice, ask them to reflect on the problem. Welcome complicated. That's too many steps. Two. So, Camilla, what is a personal problem you are currently having, and how can I help you? I kind of feel like it would be fun to discuss some role-playing and how to get my husband into role-playing more. But okay. as, it's, as this issue is not really on the table in the nearest future, because we are co-sleeping with my daughter a while now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to put her back into her bed, because after all the illnesses, she started sleeping with us, and mm-hmm. she refuses to sleep in her bed from now on even though she slept in her bed most of the time, most of her life. Um, So I guess the other issue that is really a problem for me is how to manage life of a full-time mom and try to work full-time. And not to feel guilt if I kind of skip lessons to that. Yeah. Well, manage your expectations, first of all. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Disappointment comes when expectations aren't met. So I am going to guess, and I don't know for sure, but I'm just going to guess that you have put wild expectations on yourself above and beyond probably what is even possible for a human to do, right? And I think there's also something to be recognized in maybe you don't have to do everything for your daughter especially not anymore right she's she's getting up to that age where you know she's going to to kindergarten to preschool she's going to you know run around the house and do this and find the things that she's doing and she's going to continue to gain that independence more and more and more heard that it can be difficult to kind of let that independence grow so I guess finding that balance between allowing your daughter to explore the world in a safe and comfortable way, that also would allow you to continue to do what you want to do. And I don't think there's anything wrong with focusing on one thing over another thing, right? It's all about your own priorities. Uh, Where I think you might be getting caught up in is the expectations that you have to be the perfect mother and to be the perfect breadwinner and, you know, working and making this money or making this company or doing all these like high time investment things while you have a daughter that you're trying to be the perfect mother for, right? So if things start to slip and they will, because that's life, it happens, right? Ups and downs all the time then you want your own expectations and you'll feel disappointed in yourself. And I can see that becoming a slippery slope. So be kind to yourself first and foremost. Always be kind to yourself. You are doing the best that you can. Don't demand the world of yourself and recognize that you're just trying to figure it out. So it's okay if you like you take a job and you hate it and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to try something else. Try something else. Or, you know, I'm going to have my daughter sleep in her own bed. We're going to, you know, try and experience that or whatever it is, right? We're going to try role-playing or doing other things to spice up my relationship, my sexual relationship with my husband. Do that, right? Uh, take take risks uh, and don't beat yourself up if they don't go well. Everything is a learning opportunity. Everything is a, a chance to learn and to improve and to grow and and to find and to find the next thing. So, yeah, be kind and enjoy the adventure. So now, how do you feel about the problem? How do you feel about trying to balance this this motherhood and, and work life? Well, I find it extremely hard because like um, kindergarten has started. That's true. But I see how 
she's constantly getting ill from all the viruses that she's exposed to. And I don't want to put her to kindergarten when she's feeling unwell and when she's not feeling herself. As far as I can see, other parents kind of deal with it and they put their unwell feeling kid, if he or she doesn't have a fever, into kindergarten. That's because they have work. I've, yeah, but I've realized that, I mean, I kind of also need to earn money, but I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to put her to, to kindergarten when she's not feeling well. I don't find, I don't feel that it's worth it. Uh, I'd probably rather save on some other bits and be with her and help her go through it rather than put her, because I literally see that she's a different kid when she's feeling good. So when she's feeling good, she... I'm actually giving her lots of independency. I, at least I'm like, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to give her like opportunities to explore the world. I don't mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stop her unless it's dangerous. Uh, of course, of course. So yeah, like, like if, like, yeah, if she takes an egg and she wants to explore it and it falls and it breaks, that's fine. I'm not going to scream at her telling like, oh my God, what a mess. I'm like, all right, what's that? She's like, oh, I broke an egg. I was like, okay, what do we do? She's like, clean. I was like, okay, what do we do for that? She's like, tissue. I was like, okay, let's go find a tissue. So, yeah, because I recently read this thing, and I think it's brilliant, that you need to help your kids be mentally prepared for the world, most of all. Mm-hmm. Mentally prepared mm-hmm. to deal with their own problems uh, so that they would know what to do. And I'm kind of trying to do that now. So anytime you're, like, my daughter does something wrong or incorrectly, like, what? What's your first instinct? Just come and do it the right way. Um, no, I stop it kind of now like, hey, let's look at this situation. What happened? Let's just reflect on. So I kind of help her find the solution for the problem. She does want to vacuum clean everything now, but I'm like, it doesn't mm-hmm, work mm-hmm. for everything. <laughs> She's I like, mean, let's give her a vacuum and run around. Cleaner. Yeah. I say, go for um, it. You sit there with you... a book or something, the headphones on, <laughs> just let her vacuum the house. Enjoy that while it lasts, because yeah. that's not going to be forever. <laughs> I know. But anyway, so yeah, I'm feeling I'm very perplexed. I'm feeling a bit frustrated, but I hope I'll figure it out. I do put a little bit too much to what I can do. I do need to lower my expectations, 100%. And uh, yeah, I just need to kind of go with the flow and try to relax a bit, because I, I take everything too seriously. I should kind of have fun a bit more. <laughs> Let's put it this yeah, way. Exactly. Enjoy. Enjoy. Enjoy the journey, right? Yeah. 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 Enjoy it. All right. My personal problem. Oh, God. So many. <laughs> How can I choose? <laughs> I think a big thing I'm having trouble with right now is probably like motivation, just kind of in general. I feel, and maybe it's because I'm just getting over being sick. And I have, like, no motivation. You talked about, like, your daughter's a different person. Everyone's a different person when they're sick. <laughs> I am the neediest, most whiniest of people when, I am, when I'm ill. So it might be a little bit of that, but I just have had no, just feel so defeated, maybe. Like, looking for work and I can't find it. You know, doing something that I don't really want to do. Like with for for work as well, which is which is teaching now, and yeah, just just being like motivated for like being healthy, right? Going to the gym. I haven't been to the gym in weeks now, uh, which is unusual. Uh, I know it's its own little spiral. I've been eating super unhealthy and all this other stuff. So like, it just I just am having a hard time staying staying motivated and and kind of being in that that space of even wanting to be motivated. Like, I just feel very defeated at this point in time. Yeah, it's really sad to hear that you're feeling that. It's not great feelings. Um, so I don't know if it would help, but getting out of this kind of well, sort of depressive circle could be just basically planning, planning things. Yeah. You could yeah. sit on Sunday and plan tiny steps, like plan going for a walk on monday you don't want to go to the gym no problem go for a walk just it's also some sort of fitness it will help you stay fit it will also help you kind of 
ease your mind a bit and enjoy the nature just get some fresh air it's nice like for Tuesday so yeah for Tuesday plan to I don't know write something or try to remember what you loved doing before like what was the activity that sparkled joy in you what you really enjoyed doing and maybe put it into a diary also if you actually have work and you know that you have to do it on specific days plan your breaks plan your breaks between mm. the work like plan that you literally will stand up for five minutes for 10 minutes and just walk around mm -hmm. or just go pat a dog go give a cuddle to nadia i don't know <laughs> something it's, it's <laughs> something very something, tiny yeah. <laughs> yeah do something uh, easy uh, but that would keep your body moving and maybe you'll feel a bit like more um warm also cleaning a little bit and so i i heard like there is this one of the tricks that you choose one small area in the house per day and you tidy mm -hmm. it up so you look you choose one wardrobe and you kind of tidy it up or like you clean the dust of it tick you cleaned one thing in a day you feel yeah. an accomplishment so basically yeah ticking yeah. ticking things ticking, and ticking just boxes, leaving yeah. well yeah ticking boxes for a week might help you bring back the feeling of wanting to do things like going to the mm -hmm, gym mm -hmm. like looking for a job and also about a job um as you do have some time i'd rather look for some networks or different events so i'd mm -hmm. probably sit and think where you really want to get into like what you really want to achieve you probably don't have this experience now but you really want to get there you really want to get into this specific area and then google any events happening around you or in the us you're literally on the border yeah. uh, and try going there meeting people talking to them just talking through their experience and just having some fun time and uh, yeah basically asking them questions like how they're finding it because you will be basically the guy wanting to enter their industry where they're already it in and you're just exploring and you're trying to expand your network everyone is okay with that no one would find it creepy or weird everyone loves that so i don't know yeah, that's perfect. that would be like the piece of advice is that that's what that's what i would do probably in your situation perfect great now how do you feel about how do i problem? feel about it yeah i think that's a big thing is the scheduling is like having reminders on my phone and stuff like that so something comes up i'm very very much out of sight out of mind um, except for the things that stress me out <laughs> always on my mind so yeah doing that would be helpful and yeah just keep kind of pursuing i don't know something because right now it's it's been a bit of a bit of a dead dead time and yeah figuring out what i want to do with my life but yeah it's it's also the thing that i had a problem with you kind of spread your focus on everything and you can't achieve yeah. anything at the same time mm -hmm. make the mm -hmm. goal of your december going back to the fitness track or healthy lifestyle track or because it's not the best time for networking only if you would go no. somewhere to like christmas carols and stuff but that would be more of a fun thing <laughs> go to a, show up to a bunch of christmas parties yeah show up to a bunch of yeah well, corporate I mean, christmas parties it is a, it is a networking it is a networking yeah. in a way because yeah. i i found my job through a christmas choir yeah yeah in right? london i mean yeah. you never know so uh yeah just just focus on one thing per month or at least per week i don't know it would be maybe easier, less long-term-ish. Yeah. Compartmentalized, yeah. Big. Yeah, it wakes it down a bit, a bit more. Hunking. Mm, yeah. 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 Awesome. I can do that. All right, Camilla. <laughs> we finished the, the 36 questions. Yay. Yeah, that's that's it. We're, we're done. We've, I guess we've fallen in love. How are you feeling? 100%. I, 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 love, I feel like I love you more than ever. Aw, samesies. No, it was good. There was a lot of, I learned a lot about yourself about yeah. myself no it was good i i i didn't mind these questions would you recommend you know a couple do this or people who are like just meeting on a date to do these 36 questions i think it's a bit too long for i mean well i mean you can answer Maybe... a lot quicker we are we're 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 talking a lot more because we're trying to fill time on a podcast <laughs> answer the same way if i were on a date with someone and this person would be asked questions. 
dates. Well, could you imagine you show up on a date? Let's let's put a let's see what the scenario looks like. Camilla, you're going on a date with someone. You know, you go into a little cafe. They pull out a piece of paper and they go, hey, uh, there's these 36 questions that are kind of like guaranteed to make people fall in love. Do you want to do these 36 questions with me? You've met this person one time. Now. Would you do those questions? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I think I'd do that. Yeah. Out of like the curiosity thing. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't be like, yeah. whoa, this guy is moving way too fast. Love on the first date. I mean, love is very, very interesting feeling some people feel it from the first moment they meet someone some people start feeling it year after some people start it, it's a very complicated feeling and it means very different thing for different people so i would probably figure out what this person means by saying this word yeah okay so you'd, you'd ask follow-up questions never a bad idea yeah so you wouldn't you wouldn't immediately yeah. run for the door no also, it's so easy. I would not have to think what to talk about. Yeah, it's great conversation starters. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't have any of that dead space because you could just like, all right, we finished talking about that thing. Next thing on the list. Yeah. Conversation cards. I think, yeah, yeah. If, if you have a if you have a partner who's willing to do it, I think give it a shot. Give it a try. Yeah, the these 36 questions to fall in love. I think even even if you've been in like a long term relationship, it's good to touch base on and and to bring up. It's a good conversation yeah. starter. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing them. I had a good time. I would encourage other people to do it as well. All right, Camilla, let's end this episode. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you're interested in the 36 questions, we'll put a link in the description for this episode. You can follow that. I got it from, I think, Cosmo, <laughs> like the Cosmopolitan website. They had a link, to, but there's tons, there's tons that you can Google it. We'll put a link though. And yeah, happy, happy asking questions. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again next week with a new episode. And until then, good luck falling in love. <laughs> As my therapist uh, has told me multiple times, stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> Don't do that. Stop it. <laughs>